Hey everybody, you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast. This is the channel dedicated to helping you discover the power and potential that are already on the inside of you as you learn to draw from the supernatural resources of heaven. I'm Duke Lamastra, and this is episode three. Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, and let me just say whether this is the first time you're tuning in or you're uh, actually back for more, thanks so much for being here. Thanks to everyone who has already subscribed. I know there are a lot of other things you could be listening to, but I appreciate the opportunity to occupy just a little bit of your day and share some of these things with you. Now, today's episode is part two of Demystifying Faith, so if you didn't catch last week's episode, you may want to go back and check that one out as well when you have a chance. You know, the power of God is available to you today. It doesn't matter like where you're from, who your parents were, how much money you have in the bank, how many friends on Facebook or Twitter followers you have. None of that matters. His power is available to you. Jesus has given us access to his world. Now, you might not feel like you're super full of faith today, but if you are born again, then faith is part of you. Faith is in your nature. In Mark 11, 22 and 23, Jesus said these words, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, there's a lot going on in these two verses, so let's quickly break it down. There's three words I really want you to pay attention to. Jesus says, whoever, he says, whatever, and he uses the word believe. So let's break it down. Jesus said, first of all, have faith in God. And another way to say that is to have the God kind of faith. Then Jesus used the word whoever. For I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever means that you are included. It means that this promise applies to anyone and everyone that would respond to what Jesus is saying in these verses. And then he used the word whatever. He will have whatever he says. When you stand in the God kind of faith, believing, then there are no limitations. So here we go. What you believe becomes very important. A lot of people try to define faith and belief in the same way. Faith is not the same as belief. Beliefs are those things that you have come to accept as truth in your life. Your beliefs are part of you and they define pretty much everything about the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you respond, the way that you behave. They define the way that you see yourself and the way that you see the world. Your beliefs, some of them are right and some of them are wrong, but the key is that you have accepted them as truth. Your beliefs are determined by what you've been taught, what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've experienced. Like, for example, I grew up in a Christian home and I was taught about God from a young age. I heard about God pretty much all my life. So I grew up believing in God because it was what I was taught and what I heard. But I eventually got to the place in my life where what I was taught and what I heard was reinforced by my own experiences and what I discovered for myself. Now, at the same time, I grew up with some bad beliefs as well, and you did too. We all did. Let, let me give you an example of something that I grew up believing. This is an example of a bad belief, and this is not something that I'm particularly proud of, but I think it will illustrate my point. Now, as a kid, I had heard that you should not date or marry outside of your race. I'm not totally sure where that came from, but I remember hearing it multiple times when I was growing up. 
And I actually heard people use scripture to justify it. They would use the scripture that says, do not be unequally yoked. The problem was that no one ever seemed to pay attention to the second half of that verse. That verse says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That verse has nothing to do with race. But I grew up with that thought in my head. I grew up thinking that it was wrong for, I don't know, like a black man to marry a white woman or a Chinese man to marry a Brazilian woman or whatever. And it sounds so dumb to me now, but throughout my childhood, or at least part of my childhood, it was a belief that I had. I never challenged it. I just accepted it because it was what I had heard. Now, I'm sure this has already come across, but just so you know, I don't believe that anymore. Thank God that once I really began to read and understand scripture for myself, I was able to abandon that ignorant belief because otherwise I probably wouldn't be married today to my smoking hot Mexican wife. But let's just imagine for a moment that I still did believe that. So here's what could have possibly potentially happened. God brings this woman into my life who is now my wife. We met at Bible college. So I see her, I recognize her beauty, I'm attracted to her, we begin to develop friendship, and then we begin to fall in love, and then all of a sudden, this belief in the back of my head comes up and says, hold on a second, you can't be with this woman, you can't be unequally yoked, because she's not the same race as you. So then, I would have had to make a decision, maybe even to go so far as to break off a relationship, to 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 break off the single greatest blessing that I've ever had in my life because of a bad belief, a wrong belief. Your beliefs determine your actions and your behaviors. Believe it or not, that's actually how faith operates. Faith responds to what you believe. If you believe that God can't or that he might not, you will probably never do much of anything in terms of stepping out in faith. But if you believe that God has already done it, your faith works according to what you believe to bring it to pass. Some of you have wondered why you have no faith or why faith isn't working in your life. Maybe we don't need to blame faith. Maybe we need to check our belief system. What do you believe? Romans 10:17 says these words, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. This word mentioned in Romans 10:17 is the Greek word rhema, and when we're talking about the word of God, rhema always refers to the breathed word of God. It's when God speaks to us personally, when he reveals something to our heart. Another way to describe it is revelation. So then for the sake of understanding, this verse could be read this way. Faith comes by hearing the rhema word of God. Now, every time that God speaks to you, it's a promise. It's a promise that is meant to be explored. He promises, we believe the promise, and then our faith goes to work to bring it to pass. Your faith actually partners with the promises of God to see the impossible become possible. God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. But Abraham had to believe what God said and respond accordingly. It works the same way in our lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I love the passion translation of this verse. It says, faith then is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. I love that. Faith is birthed in the heart that responds. In other words, faith really becomes active in your life when God speaks and you respond. So what has God spoken to you? What has he promised you? If you have a promise from God that you're not seeing the fulfillment of yet, 
Don't sit back wondering why it isn't working. Don't sit back and blame God for what he isn't doing. Take the promise, stand on the promise, believe that God has promised and respond to the promise. Something that I've come to realize is that when God speaks, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to dream with God, an invitation to explore. Faith explores what God has revealed in our hearts. For example, let's just say that God showed you an idea for business or an invention. That idea is a rhema from God. Believe God and respond. That response to your belief in what God has promised is an expression of faith. How many times have we dismissed or given up on what God said because we weren't sure? How many times has God spoken to them because we didn't know what to do with it? We didn't know how to proceed. We just let it go or forgot about it. Faith requires action. Faith without works is dead. You've probably heard that verse before. In last week's episode, I likened faith to a muscle. If you want a muscle to grow, you have to exercise it because the muscle is naturally designed to grow and expand as you work it out. You've been given the measure of faith according to Romans 12.3. Jesus said that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mulberry tree and tell it to move and it will. Your faith is packed with potential. Your faith is loaded with the natural ability to increase as you exercise what you have. Faith without works is dead. A muscle that is not used for an extended period of time begins to atrophy. It degenerates and loses its ability to perform effectively. You can say, you know, we can say that we believe God all day long, but... It's really when our actions begin to align with what we believe based on what God has said that faith really begins to flow in our lives. Living faith responds, but when you have an unresponsive faith, it begins to atrophy, so to speak. It becomes dull. It becomes unresponsive. Faith without works is dead. Now, this does not mean that your faith cannot be revived. In fact, it's very simple to revive your faith. You can go back to a promise that he gave you. Go back to a word that maybe it's been sitting on your shelf or in the back of the closet for years. The promise is not dead. The promise never dies because the word of God stands forever. Go back to that promise and begin to declare what God has spoken. Begin to explore. If it's a business idea, ask the Lord maybe, you know, what can I do right now or what can I do this week to take a step of faith in the direction of this thing that you promised me, God? Now, whenever God speaks, you should know that what he said has already been accomplished. God said, let there be light and light was. He said it and it already was. The word of the Lord makes it so. Believe that God has already done it. Believe that in the realm of the spirit, which is actually outside of time, it's already done. Stand on the promise. Your faith goes to work to pull the promise of God from the realm of the spirit into the natural. Now, one final thing for today. I want to talk for a minute about risk. Risk is, uh, has been defined as the uncertainty of loss. Whenever you have to move forward in life without the natural assurance of what the outcome will be, risk is involved. Risk-taking can be very uncomfortable. You know, we all have a comfort zone. The closer we get to the edge of that comfort zone, the more our brain begins to go to work sending out impulses designed to make us back up. The moment we cross the threshold of that comfort zone, everything begins to tell us that we're not in a safe place. Now, from a natural standpoint, I think we would all like to stay within the confines of comfort. Let's face it, comfort is comfortable. The problem is that not much of anything grows in a comfort zone. 
Last week, we talked about how Jesus likened faith to the mustard seed, saying if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can. Faith, just like a tiny seed, has the potential within itself for massive growth and life. However, a seed does not sprout without pressure. A seed is comfortable sitting in a little bag on the shelf at Walmart next to a bunch of other little seeds, but there's no growth until the seed is planted. Growth happens when you step outside of what's easy and comfortable for you. You know, I personally have yet to discover a growth pattern that doesn't involve stepping outside of what's comfortable. The believer's life is characterized by risk and by often being uncomfortable. Why? It's because that's where life happens. God wants you to experience adventure. He designed you for breakthrough. He wants your life to be characterized by believing him for the impossible, seeing breakthrough take place in partnership with him, going from glory to glory. You know, we understand this stuff as children, believing that nothing's impossible. But then as we get older, life happens. And so often people just begin to resign themselves to the monotony of life. God has much bigger things for you. So I ask again, what has God spoken to you about? What has he promised you? Isn't it time to take some steps toward the promises of God? Remember, faith responds to what you believe. Believe that if God said it, it is already done and seek his direction on how to respond. The response to what God said is always a risk from a natural standpoint because we don't know what's going to happen from a natural standpoint. Faith looks to what God has said and then chooses to, number one, trust that he's already done it, and number two, trust that he will see you through. The risky part for most people is, well, what if God isn't really in this? What if I didn't really hear God say that? What if it was just me thinking? What if I put myself out there and find out that it wasn't God and I don't and I fail or it doesn't work out? If you've had these kinds of questions, you know, welcome to the club. But let me ask you another question. Can you trust God enough to know that if you put yourself out there and take a risk, You know, even if you don't get it fully right, but if you put yourself out there and you take a risk for the sake of going toward the promises of God, can you trust him enough that he will cover you? This is just something, this is a personal thing. It's something that I've learned. I've seen it in my own life. When it comes to developing faith, there's room for error. God doesn't expect you to be perfect overnight. I've been at this for years and I still miss it. But look, God is big enough to cover you. God can handle it if you miss it. You know, at least you tried. At least your heart was in the right place. Believe me when I say unbelief and stagnation are way more destructive than the willingness to take a risk toward the promises of God. Now, I'm not talking about taking blind risks or dumb risks. I'm not telling you to go out and try to like walk on water or or something like that. Please don't do that because that's not faith. If God didn't tell you to do it, it's not faith. A lot of people think that faith is blind. Faith is not blind. Faith sees Remember that faith is always based on what God has said. Faith stands on the word of the Lord and responds accordingly. I hear people say a lot, well, you know, I got to use wisdom. I got to use wisdom. Of course, there's a place for wisdom in your responding. But a lot of people use wisdom as an excuse to never do anything. In other words, they use man's wisdom or common sense to define what God said, and it doesn't work. God's ways are higher than ours and what he says doesn't always make natural sense. But oh, if you could just see what he sees. You know, that's what walking with Jesus really is. Through relationship with him, we develop a deeper trust and dependence on his voice.
His voice always brings life and always leads us where we need to go. God has so many wonderful things planned for you. It's supposed to be an adventure. Living a life of faith means living a life of risk and adventure. It isn't always comfortable and it doesn't always feel safe. But at the end of the day, trusting God through the impossible is actually a lot safer than trusting in your own comfort zone. So just before we close, let's make this just a little bit more practical. How do we practice faith in real life? Let me just tell you that for me personally, I think the best way is to look for opportunities to serve people. You know, like for example, when you're out at the store or in line for coffee or walking through the park, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you are open and expectant for opportunities to serve someone else, God will definitely give them to you. Maybe you're in line for coffee and you just sense the Holy Spirit nudging you to pray for the person in line behind you. Or you're walking through a store or through the park and you just feel drawn to a particular person and you sense the Spirit of God telling you, hey, this person just needs to know that I love them. Or this person just needs to be reminded that I love them, that I have a plan for their life. You know, this is not complicated, even though we try to make it that way sometimes. We have all been in those situations where we've seen someone and felt like we needed to talk to them, pray for them, tell them about Jesus, give them a word of knowledge or whatever. We've all walked away from opportunities like that because, well, what if it's just me? What if it's not God? Dude, what if it isn't? So the person says, no, thank you. Or worst case scenario, they cuss you out. Like our egos are so fragile sometimes and we're so concerned about getting too close to the edge of that comfort zone. But that's where life happens. That's where growth happens. My prayer for you is that you would have an increased appetite for risk, that you'd be led by the Spirit this week into a deeper relationship with Him, a relationship that's characterized by faith, characterized by power, and characterized by breakthrough. All right, that will do it for episode three. Thanks again for listening. Episode four will be available next Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Feel free to leave a comment. If today's episode blessed you in any way, feel free to share it with someone that you know. And if you haven't done so already, I invite you to subscribe to the Simple Power channel. Have a blessed week.